0: Sick Boy Podcast is a health and comedy show about what it's like to be sick. Wait, is that right? How can illness be funny? You'd be surprised. Okay. Sick Boy is hosted by me, Brian Stever, and me, Taylor McGilvery, and myself, Jeremy Saunders. Come on in and join us to melt your heart, learn something fascinating, and bust a belly laugh. Trust us, you'll be glad you did. You can find Sick Boy on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your pods. This is a CBC podcast. I was skeptical about the Bob Marley movie because Hollywood doesn't have the best track record when it comes to representations of Jamaicans, so what if they missed the mark on the most famous Jamaican legend of all time? Today on the podcast, did Hollywood get the Bob Marley movie right? I'm Alamine Abdul Mahmoud. This is Commotion. Look, there's a brand new movie out. It is out this week. It's out yesterday, as a matter of fact. It's about the life of one of the most iconic artists of all time. Here's a bit of the trailer for Bob Marley: "One Love."
1: Reggae is the the people music. You
0: know, you're a superstar. That is a bit of the trailer. For Bob Marley One Love, it's a story of a very particular period of Bob's life. It's 1976. Bob Marley survives an assassination attempt, and then he leaves Jamaica and goes to London to make Exodus, his ninth album. This is a story of that journey and in that journey is interweave some of the early moments of Bob Marley. Look, ever since the film was announced a couple of years ago, there's been a lot of buzz around it. It's been through the roof. It is also a movie that is supported By the Marley estate, a number of Bob's children are actual producers on this movie. So, what does that mean for this movie? Does that mean that Hollywood gets it right? Joining us with their thoughts are three proud Jamaican culture critics, Dalton Higgins, Danae Peart, and Marlon Palmer. Dalton, Danae, and Marlon, welcome to the show. How's it going, everybody? Thanks, man. I'm I'm excited to do this. Marlon, maybe I'll start with you on this one. What did Bob Marley mean to you growing up? Uh, Growing up, Bob Marley, he kind of just meant representation right Mm.
1: like especially as a black kid as long as you have some sort of positive uh connection yeah (laughs) i find people tend to gravitate to you a lot easier um it was i I realized in hindsight that it was almost like a survival thing where it's like people are going to look at things like cool runnings or bob marley and attribute them to you and your personality Mm. and it was great that bob was somebody that could be attributed to my personality because other some other cultures aren't so lucky in their in their representation so it was it was good
0: so you're saying people looked at you and said yeah he's kind of like bob marley that guy that marlin you know i'm so serious they did (laughs) i i love honestly i kind of love that for you danae what about you what did bob marley mean to you growing up
2: so bob marley for me is a cultural icon he is the reggae ambassador yeah, And as a child growing up in Jamaica, I only came here at age 21. Mm. I grew up in Kingston 11, the fringes, the inner cities. Bob Marley spoke to and for us. His lyrics such as Them belly full, but we hungry, um, redemption song. Yeah. All of those were clarion calls for those of us who lived the life he grew up in. And his life arc, Served as a little bit of a hopefulness for us too, yeah, but definitely a message man that spoke to us
0: I'm really interested in how this movie has a conversation with that idea, of Bob Marley. we're going to get to that in a moment, but dalton uh let's close this out on on Bob Marley and what he meant to you growing up
3: yeah, yeah, well, my, you know, my dad had a, a mega
0: large collection of
3: records, you know vinyl obviously, and so. Bob Marley records were a staple in my household. Mm. And I also think that because, uh, you know, Bob Marley popularized Jamaican culture and, and Rastafarian culture so much, I think that in some way made me feel more confident uh, in my ability to proudly, like I had my hair in, in locks for over 20 years. Uh, you, you had know, you hair. Can't see, you can, oh yeah, you can't <laughs> see that now, but I wore, I wore locks for over 20 years. And I, and I think that is a, sort of an unconscious byproduct of Bob Marley. And I would also say that you know, just quickly, I remember going to Montreal, uh, sorry, Australia many years ago, yeah. and bumping into all of these people, non-black, non-Jamaican people wearing locks, and then they told me this crazy story about him, you know, coming to Australia in late in the late 1970s, and how it transformed different parts of Australia. Oh wow! And I was like, that's some that's some powerful stuff.
0: Wow! I mean, this is this is what we're talking about here, about like a figure who can transform parts of a country, but just by his sheer arrival. You don't really get stars like Bob Marley anymore. You don't really get stories like Bob Marley anymore. And it's really hard to put into words, you know, how large he looms as a figure. But then a movie tries to capture that essence. and tries to do that in a couple of hours. Uh, the movie's out now. All of us have seen it. Marlon, I'm going to start with you. What did you like about it?
1: Um, well, first of all, costume and set design, I yeah. think needs to be applauded because they did really well like transforming and bringing you back to a time it really did feel very consistent throughout the entire movie Um, so kudos to them with that and like a lot of his iconic looks that they nailed was really good Um, I loved how the dynamic between him and and Rita how it grew throughout the movie like they started becoming more and more believable especially when it all leads up to that club uh, outside the club, argument. The
0: Argument between, yeah. Lashana Lynch yeah. plays Rita Marley in this movie, and she plays yeah. her so incredibly. But yeah, incredibly. On. Yeah, yeah, that
1: that argument to me felt so real, and yeah. like it was one of those moments. Also, the 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 continued scene of the fire, the ring of fire. Yeah, where the man on the horse comes through after Little Bob. Yeah, I genuinely thought that was his father, and then you get the reveal at the end that it's Selassie, and you're like, wow, like. It's great symbolism. I, I I really
0: love those parts. You're um, going to talk a little bit about the controversy, I think, or some of the controversy, I think, because so the actor Kingsley ben plays Bob Marley in this movie. Kingsley was picked by Bob's son. He was picked by Ziggy Marley to play this role. Uh, Kingsley's not Jamaican, so there was, uh, as you can imagine, some concern about in, in the Jamaican diaspora about whether a non-Jamaican playing the most iconic Jamaican in the in the history of the world, particularly when it comes to nailing the Jamaican accent. Uh, let's have people hear a bit of Kingsley playing Bob in the movie. Don't worry about that.
3: Don't worry about that. thing.
1: That every
0: little thing going to be all right. You like that one? Yeah. Uh, I, what I like is like watching Danae cringing. I'm going to come back to you in a moment, Danae. <laughs> you hold that thought because I'm going to go to Dalton first. Dalton, I know you had, before we, we were talking before we went to our screening. We were like, I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to do this, you know. And then you kind of came out being like, okay, I see the vision. W- where are you at with how Kingsley does this?
3: Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I mean, I'm torn. I have mixed feelings. Uh, you know, on the one hand, you know, I think for anyone who thinks that playing Bob Marley, right, the most influential musician in the world, uh, in this super high pressure biopic, is an easy gig, they're they're off the rocker. You yeah. know, this is a really tough gig. Now, having said that, Kingsley Benadire, his performance was very good. It was it was fantastic. Uh, and again, I'm coming to this as a proud Jamaican, yeah. super jaded, super cynical about yes. this idea of casting a Brit. Uh, Trinidadian Brit guy, he he. It's a solid A minus. Um, now, <laughs> now now now. Here's the thing. I find that a lot of people questioning Kingsley being cast as Bob Marley. They haven't even seen the film, which mm. is a bit problematic to me. Yeah. And and I and again, and I say this as someone a proud Jamaican. Now, the thing is here, you know, for him to be able to master Bob's mannerisms, uh, you know, Bob's swagger, uh, you know, and and most importantly, most parts of his accent, right? Because you know, Bob speaks in patois jamaican nation language that's no small feat and i think he pretty much nailed it you know once you see the film you'll see what i'm talking about
0: yeah so i i danae i want to give you a moment to address the cringe face that you just made after we played that clip but i still have to say like i am not a jamaican person i am of sudanese descent what i was watching when i was watching this movie is kingsley himself becoming a bit more comfortable with the character becoming a bit more comfortable inhabiting that character so when you when you were watching him what 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 stood out for you
2: so, I mean, obviously I'm going to cringe. Born and raised Jamaican, <laughs> came here at age 21. Yes. I will cringe. And the parts you played were the cringy parts for me. Yes. Um, he actually did better at yeah. other parts of the film. Okay. Uh, so I appreciate the work that went in behind the scenes mm-hmm. to create this. And I must give kudos to Jamaican broadcaster and speech coach, Faye Ellington and mm. the Jamaica language unit at the University of the West Indies who worked behind the scenes with Kingsley and Lashana to get them up to snuff. Mm. I, however, give them a B. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because I give them a B too. Yeah. I just know the nuances too much. It's, it's, yeah. it. it yeah, too, there's too much evidence of Bob online. This is the problem. <laughs> there's too much evidence of yeah. Bob online. Bob, as an icon, did way more interviews than a lot of icons. Yes. So it's very hard for you to pass off certain things. Because we know Bob, what right? the real
0: thing sounds yeah. like.
1: But also, yeah. like, the, we we can't discredit... Because also, like, the level of patois when I was speaking to Ziggy... I asked him about the level of patois. Was there a discussion about what will be palatable to audiences that aren't Jamaican? Yeah. And so I think even to learn patois from the people. And then to still have to learn how to dial it down. And to soft it down. It's, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, ge- it. it's a tough feat. So but now, I, you're, talking, you, now you're, talking a yeah. you're talking about a commercial choice.
0: You're talking about a commercial mm-hmm. choice, which is to say, if you're going to make this movie and then you're going to make it the most accessible version of this movie that it could be, which is to say, exactly. who is this movie for? Is it for Jamaicans mm-hmm. or is it for non-Jamaican audiences? I think, Dalton, that to me is an interesting question that governs the entirety of this movie. What was your read on that question?
3: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, here's the thing when it comes is how complex, contradictory and complicated this whole thing is, is, uh, you know, Rita Marley, you know, her character. Um, So we know that the actor, Lashana, you know, she's she is of Jamaican descent. Yes. I found that. Right. You know, uh, I found that her accent was not even up to snuff, but she is of Jamaican descent. So you have all of these Jamaicans online saying, hey, they should have cast a Jamaican. She is of Jake, Jamaican descent, and she played Rita Marley, but her accent was not good. It was worse than Kingsley, who exactly. is Trinidadian descent and British. So
0: let's talk about that. I yeah, I yeah, I feel bad because we're just making Danae cringe out here. Like that's you know, you you mentioned the Lashana's accent, and Danae was like, I don't. That that was <laughs> did, did that register as kind of worse for you, Danae?
2: It was worse. It was worse than Kingsley's for yeah. sure. I was yeah. surprised because. Um, so, you know, there's there's backstory for having this conversation about Jamaican and who is Jamaican, right? So if you're, yes. you know, second, third generation, if you're an immigrant child, your patois is going to be different. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was hopeful for Lashana, Lashana because I thought, well, she's of descent, so maybe she
0: will she nail it some better. History. She yeah.
2: had more fumbles than, than Kingsley did. Yeah, I, far uh, more.
0: Marlon, speaking of Jamaican accents, Hollywood has had this really long history of non-Jamaican actors giving just horrific, (laughs) horrifically bad Jamaican accents from the film Cool Runnings and also Brad Pitt and Meet Joe Black to every version of Sebastian the Crab to date. What in your mind has been the worst attempt at a Jamaican accent you've ever heard from a non-Jamaican actor?
1: Uh, I recently watched Black Cake. That's close. But Brad Pitt, by far, in Meet Joe Black was almost disrespectful. And it's even more disrespectful because he had an actual Jamaican woman in the scene with him and still I think like there's something to be said about wanting to keep your job and just telling Brad Pitt good job you're
0: doing great <laughs> <I, laughs> you I, know what I mean I think, it's, I think it's actually worth our audiences hearing how bad oh, Brad Pitt did in gosh. Meet Joe Black let's roll the clip
1: oh gosh Brad
2: <clears throat> will be evil I'm not evil Omar. and what you is then i from that next place you waiting here to take us like he's a bus driver today? No, man, I on holiday.
0: I uh, have to tell people listening at home that our entire panel has their faces in the oh palms. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's fair. That's, that's reasonable. That is a reasonable reaction. That was Sounded like
1: an Irish pirate. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was
0: crazy. D- Danae is like that part. Okay, so <laughs> Ziggy Marley was asked about his decision to cast a non-Jamaican actor as Bob. I want you guys to take a listen to this. Here he is talking to CBS's Seth Doan. You wanted a Jamaican of course, to star, of in this. course,
1: but you mean. but you couldn't find someone you like. We, we look wide, wide and far. You're looking at the, the tapes, and you know you see one, and you say, eh, And you see two, and you see eh, and then you see Kingsley. And you're like, hmm.
0: What made you go hmm? <laughs> <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> well, he held my attention. We looked wide and far, Danae. That's what he said. Why we looked far? wide and far. He's got a lot of reactions for those comments within the Jamaican diaspora because some people, some people accepted that explanation, said, okay, I get it. He was the best person that you saw. And then some people didn't. And, went, and then they ended up listing actual Jamaican actors that they thought would have been great choices. I'm curious how you felt about his reasoning, the explanation that he gave there, Danae.
2: So, with respect, with respect, I do not accept Ziggy's statement. I raised him four names. Dale <laughs> Elliott Jr., Kadeem Wilson, Don Shepard, Sheldon Shepherd, mm-hmm. and Joel Miller. Some of them actually went up for the role because there's some politics there. Anyway, uh, the reality is these films don't like to take chances. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows anything about casting, there is a gatekeeping. There is an emphasis on your resume, your IMDb. Mm. And much less opportunities are given to lesser known names and lesser exposed actors. And, Mm. you know, this is a miss for me um, with this casting. Um, Bob, um, as as a character, would have made the actor. So I must emphasize that Bob is the icon. Bob is the star. Bob is the leading man. Mm. Anybody who takes that on should be honored and should mold into it so it 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 just it just is frustrating to hear this especially when i think about jamaican actors that are qualified and have you know been trying to get in mm-hmm. and yeah. if they can't play bob
1: mm-hmm.
2: who what do we have left if the jamaican icons aren't played by jamaicans what do we have left yeah yeah, I, Can
3: I say something quickly about Ziggy? Yeah, like Ziggy Marley. I yeah. think a lot of uh, Jamaicans and non-Jamaicans were, Ziggy Marley, if you look at his musical output over the years, over the last like forever, it's the most non-threatening, like watered down, you know, articulation of Jamaican music, right? So yeah. always keep that in mind, you know? If it's yes. coming through Ziggy's prism, his point of view, that's perhaps some part of what you're going to get.
2: I, I think that, and, and that's it's a- constantly- Go ahead. Sorry. You no know, it's constantly appealing to a white gaze, right, like right. at all times, let's soften it, let's mellow it down because mm-hmm. for some reason, you don't trust audiences hmm. to be smart enough to embrace culture, to embrace languages, to embrace um the, the roundedness of a character. let's make him more palatable. I well, think
1: it also goes to a larger discussion about classifying patois as a language. Because hmm. if you have to water it down for people to understand it, why is it just considered a dialect? Why right. why can you make a narco's entire season where it's subtitles for the whole season, and people can watch that perfectly fine? The the anime crowd is large, and their thing is not listening to dubs; they, yes. they want to read what's going on to make it yeah. hear it in the real voice. So it goes to a larger discussion about Patwa and how it should be classified as well. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: and and Hollywood. Hollywood thinks that success means not using subtitles. Subtitles are treated as duppy, like Mm -hmm. you're you're afraid to use it um, because Mm. it means something about the film. It's not a a great film if we have to subtitle it. That's a fear that we really need to conquer if we're going to allow for cultures to be on display.
0: Well, this, and, we, we've, and we've had this conversation on the show before about this idea that Hollywood, at least when Parasite won, you know, best picture at the Oscars a couple years ago, it felt like, oh, we could move towards a world where subtitles are, are not a barrier to audiences. And you don't have to sort of, you know, sort of bend over backwards and say, we'll, we'll, we, we'll make sure that the movie doesn't have subtitles in order for it to be successful. Um, but then you get to moments like this and go, maybe we have not made it that far. Folks who are just joining us, my name is Alameen Abdul mahmoud and this is Commotion. On today's podcast, we're talking about the new Bob Marley movie. It's called One Love. Dalton Higgins is here, Danae Perret is here, and Marlon Palmer are here. Uh, Danae, this movie covers Bob Marley from his rise to stardom up until his death. Uh, anything you felt the movie missed about Bob's uh, Bob lives that, you know, maybe should have been given a fuller understanding? Where do we begin? Do... Uh, in keeping
2: <laughs> go in mind with... go in line with the word commotion. Yes. So the big commotion online is the missing mistress, Miss World, Cindy Breakspear. Yes. She's actually in the film, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, but very muted and very much (laughs) considered missing from the story of Bob. Yes. Uh, The the other thing for me is I feel like an opportunity is missed when we present what I'm calling a bohemian Bob. Um, Bob was a radical. Bob was a revolutionary thinker, and you know we we we're being a little bit uh, funny here when we try to dumb that down for the audiences. Yeah. I also think another big thing missed is latching onto Bob's funeral. Bob had the largest funeral. I've ever seen anybody in Jamaica's ever seen, mm-hmm. and it would have galvanized the audience around how important this mm-hmm. man was on the mm-hmm. island. I think another mm-hmm. missed opportunity there. You'd have seen what made yeah. him icon because Bob's arc on the island is different. Bob was shunned for his locks, Bob was not always embraced, yeah. but by the time he died, he was massive. And they missed an opportunity there,
0: I agree. just like the Biggie movie. I, mean, I completely agree about the, the sort of radical elements. This idea that um, that that the Bob Marley, like this movie, is the most really palatable version of Bob Marley that you could possibly imagine. Uh, Dalton, what did you? What, what was missing for you from this movie in terms of the Bob that you know versus the Bob that you saw on the screen?
3: Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's uh, much like uh, much of Ziggy Marley's uh, musical output over the last few decades. Is uh, there's a lot of uh, just very watered down. Mm. Uh, you know, articulations of, of Bob's life. Now, I, I think you know I was one of those film attendees who was waiting to see how they portrayed you know, uh, you know, uh, Bob's one of Bob's closest right hand musicians, Peter Tosh. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, you know, he was one of the founding uh, members of the Whalers. Um, but there's there's no Peter Tosh in the film. You know, and and it, and it was actually Peter Tosh who uh, you know helped first ta- first of all he taught Bob Marley how to play the guitar. Uh, and he was one of the ones who helped foster the, the Rasta and revolutionary fervor in Bob. Mm. Um, so, you know, and, and, and we also know that Peter Tosh, because I'm a big Peter Tosh fan, you know, we also know that he didn't like Chris Blackwell, you know, and uh, sure. I know he would call him, you know, Chris Whitewall, Chris Whitewell, Chris Whiteworst. you know, um, so, so I think having Peter Tosh in the film, it might have been, you know, too smart and and revolutionary for for Hollywood in this case, you know, so that was yeah. a huge gaping hole for me personally.
0: Uh, wow. Marley, we got to say, you know, people, a lot of people are going to turn up to the theater, you know, to watch this movie. What do you hope they leave the theater feeling?
1: Um, I hope they fe- leave the theater feeling that like Bob wasn't just a saint, which I think is still kind of difficult with this movie. Because, I was going to say, um, I don't think
0: that's the movie that they just saw, buddy. I think that's like well, a, the Saint Bob Marley parts movie. parts that,
1: <laughs> there's definitely parts that like people... Aren't gonna really know about like yeah. the the mistresses, like the re- I'm talking casual, casual fans. They're not gonna know that he had a mistress and yeah. he had multiple kids with multiple women or any of that stuff. Yeah. But I feel like also there's like it shows in there that he didn't just have it all figured out right away. You know what I mean? He yeah. went through life and as life threw things at him, he he his reaction was so it was so important that it became a symbol for everybody on the island like that when you talk about someone that can bring together these two political parties yeah and hold their hands up on stage i feel like that's gonna show people that you don't have to be someone super important right away you don't have to be born into it to make a change like you can do it from wherever you're at and especially from a small island like jamaica to have the impact that he had it's it's just insane
0: uh yeah i think I was hoping for a movie that can have complexity at the same time as this deep history and this deep influence. I think you're going to get the deep history and deep influence. I'm not sure that you're going to get the complexity from this movie. Um, Danae, look, I appreciate you guys all being here. We're going to close by playing Waiting in Vain from Bob Marley. This was Danae's pick. Danae, we got maybe 30 seconds to set it up here. There was a reason you wanted us to close on this song. What was that reason?
2: So I think, really, this film is a love letter to Rita. Hmm. from two specific children. These children had affiliation with the film through Tough Gong Films, that's Ziggy and Sidella. It is a love letter that is saying she no longer has to wait in vain to be acknowledged as Bob's one love, to be acknowledged as the wife, the legacy holder, the one who, you know, continued to, you know, create family, the one who was supportive, the one who took a bullet in the head. This is a love letter to her. So she's no longer waiting in vain for her acknowledgement.
0: That is a beautiful way to put it. We are going to hear the song. But just before we go, Dalton, Marlon, Danae, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you guys being here. Let's hear the song. Waiting in vain from Bob Marley. Before that, you heard our group chat on the new biopic Bob Marley One Love. I was joined by Dalton Higgins, a publicist, author, and veteran music journalist, culture critic Danae Peart, and Marlon Palmer, a comedian and host of The Morning Show on Flow 98.7. Bob Marley One Love is in theaters everywhere right now. That is it for the podcast today. I'm Alameen Abdul mahmoud I'm back tomorrow. See you then.